And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling Made and angry Hear that co-host shouting It's Dainer and Jay Welcome in Podcast Growling Live Room. This is presented by Visa, a network working for everyone. Paul Dater Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you. Excited to be here. You know, we, we, we run the gamut on these live rooms, Jay. We Much like the podcast in, in its own right, there's, there's therapy, uh, there's analytics, there's just talking it out. And then there's, Jay, you might need to offer some hangover remedies. I feel like this is your wheelhouse. <laughs> I feel like this is the kind of area where you can really thrive uh, for, for our friends that are coming in here today. I mean, it's noon on Monday. So it's. I, I feel like maybe this is the point where it, it's the, the like, hey, maybe I woke up still a little tipsy happened at like 8. You struggled through the first day of work. Now the hangover is really hitting, and now people are really relying on you, Jay, to help them through this. Well, you know, I have two suggestions. One is get better jeans because for some reason I have never, <laughs> I have never had a hangover. I mean, I get them. You feel a little draggy, but I've I've never gotten sick from drinking, and I've 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 earned it. I I, I should have had many miserable days after. The other one, your other option here is just get back at it. Poor Bloody Mary, do a shot of Jaeger, do something, you know, get it kickstarted wow. and and start over again. But I did want to mention, you said we've run the gamut on these live rooms. Actually, the Bengals haven't lost since we started doing these live rooms. So, well, you, well, San Francisco, didn't we do one after San Francisco? I thought this is our third one, right? So three straight wins. Uh, maybe. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm forgetting. I thought we started after the San Francisco. Well, not, not, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. <laughs> either either way, it has been a nice run for the Bengals and for uh, the tone of these. And we're going to get to your questions here. Reminder: If you want to ask a question, just uh, do a request to speak. We'll put you in line there, and we'll try to get through as many as we can. We never can get to them all. Uh, problems of me being too long-winded and uh, are amongst the reasons why. We'll get to as many. I'll try to get to as many as I can and shut myself the heck up every once in a while uh, so we can talk. Cause you guys got a lot to say. There's a lot to be excited about. Uh, there is a lot to break down and for what comes next. And so we've got all that and more. If you have not listened to the podcast from yesterday, the walkout was uh, we, we broke down a lot on there. We will get you another podcast on Tuesday and then Thursday. We'll be back with in Cleveland on Sunday. If I can, I may need to use those get good on Sunday because it's Great Lakes week. Uh, it's Great Lakes Brewery Saturday for us. So gotta, we'll, be, we'll be keeping an eye on that. With that said, 
Jay, let's just hop right into the questions and get to as many as we can because people have heard us talk enough. I'm going to try to get in. We'll start here. We've got a bunch of people already in line. Uh, so let's start with Jerry P. Jerry, you're on stage. What's going on? Hey, Happy New Year, guys. Who day? Happy New Year, Jerry. How's it going? Doing great, thanks. Hey, hey guys, I've been to over 50 Bengals games in my lifetime. The game yesterday was the best. It's the best one I've ever attended, from the excitement to everything on the line, the big plays. Um, every fan that has gone through the tough times were rewarded yesterday for a game that many thought, uh, you know, they didn't have a chance in. So that was, that was huge. So uh, two questions for you guys. If the Chiefs win on Saturday, do the Bengals uh, play their starters? Do they play their starters on Sunday? Uh, second question: do you, Did you hear that Kelsey and Mahomes were at the Dallas? Were in Dallas for the UCLA game? Uh, your thoughts on that? I thought that was a little uh, disrespectful uh, in the game planning for the Bengals. And uh, lastly, uh, to Jay, I'm going to take the family out and celebrate the big Bengals victory. We're going out to a special dinner tonight. No, we're not going to Jeff Ruby's. We're going to Arby's. Let's yes. go. <laughs> nice. It. Thanks. <laughs> That's it, right, Jay? That's where you go in big night. Now, supposedly, we, as we said at the end of last night's walkout, you were supposed to see if all the Bengals would show up at the Arby's in Hamilton so that you could give them all COVID so that they could kind of get, get that out of their system and then be cleared on that 90-day no-test list for the playoffs. That was, did anybody show up at the Hamilton Arby's? I know you did, I'm sure. Uh, no, I got a call from Anthony Fauci right after the podcast dropped, and he, he said I should <laughs> not do that. But yes, yeah, so a great choice on our. I mean, taste the cost ratio. You you just you can't beat that. And as far as the, the Kelsey and Mahomes, I did see that. The first thing I did was Google how long it takes to fly from from Dallas to Kansas City because I was like, are are they going to go straight from the game to Cincinnati? Are they going to go back to Kansas City and then fly with the team? on Saturday and it's an hour and a half flight. I'm sure they had a private plane. I'm sure they were free Friday night. Anyhow, it, it was a little odd to see them there, but it's, you know, these guys are free to do what they want on Friday night, as long as they're not getting in trouble. So I, I didn't think it was a big deal. I'm with you on that. I didn't I mean we, how the schedule works on these things. You know I mean? Teams usually will have one little walk through on Friday morning and then they're cleared all of Friday afternoon. And then the flight doesn't usually leave to come to Cincinnati until sometime Saturday afternoon. It's really one of the, the few long stretches of free time outside of Tuesday that players get all week. So, you know, if, if Kelsey chooses to use it to go watch his alma mater, Patrick Mahomes wants to go with him, uh, you know, more. I, I don't think that is an indication that they, you know, weren't prepared or interested. Um, as for Sunday, um, uh, here I think this works out perfectly for the Bengals when you really think about it because you, you have they can practice all week under the assumption that the Chiefs will lose on Friday on Saturday with the hopes of that happening, knowing if they if they don't, you can you've gotten that full regular lot to play for week of practice in that's really important to keep you fresh and keep your intensity going. But then if it ends up you're playing for nothing, you know that when you take the field. Number eight can go out there instead of number nine and maybe a few choice others that have had uh, a few dings and you just go out there and, and that might still be enough to beat a Cleveland team that probably shut half their team down and just wants the offseason to get there anyway. So, um, you know, to me, that's probably we haven't talked to them at all about that. 
yet what their approach will be. But I mean, that's the one that makes the most sense, especially when you consider how sort of hard it's been for Burrow to get through some of these games between the pinky and the knee now and everything else. Yeah. It, if they lose that game, they are locked into the three or the four seed, and it's almost certainly going to be the four seed because it would take a Buffalo loss to the Jets for them to have a shot at the three seed. The the other, if they win, they can be anywhere from one to four. But like you said, if the Chiefs win, they know they're not getting one, and they're probably not going to get two. You you can't really bank on a, a Titans loss at Houston. The two, a lot of people forget the two does have value still. Because even though you don't get the first round by, you're guaranteed a second home game if you win that first one. So that is a coveted spot, but you, you just have to weigh the, the risk with, with playing these guys and giving them time off. I do think that if we see the Chiefs win on Saturday, we, it, it might have a preseason feel for both teams, for the Bengals and the Browns on Sunday, which is a reason they kept that game at one o'clock. And at the very least, I, I would say, you know, I just think Brandon Allen can go out and, and beat a Cleveland team looking for the offseason alone. And, 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 and mm-hmm. you know, if, even if it's just giving nine a break, yeah, I think there's value in that for the postseason. Um, all right, let's go on to the next one. Uh, Tyler L., bring you up on stage. Tyler, how's it going? What's going on, guys? How hey, you Tyler. Doing? Hey, quick question for you guys. I know you kind of touched on it briefly here, but. Let's pretend you guys are the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you guys rest Joey B in the starting offense this coming week, assuming the number one seed's not on the line? Or do you keep it rolling? They've got this mojo going to ride hot into the playoffs, going all cylinders. What do you think? I don't rest everybody. Um, I I mean, not the whole offense. Burrow for sure. But I think the other guys, you, 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 you want them to kind of stay in rhythm and, and, and really you don't have the luxury. You don't have a preseason roster where you can, you can sit an entire starting unit and, and have enough guys to, to play. You're, you're kind of at the mercy of what happens around you. It's, I know fans like to kind of play with the, well, who will they play if this happens, if that happens? With the Bengals playing at one o'clock, they're not going to have that luxury. I, I think there's maybe a team like the Patriots you would want to avoid. I don't know if you want to play Bill Belichick in the first round of the playoffs, which is likely what's going to happen if you're in that four seed. But I, the more important thing is, like Paul said, just resting Burrow. Let Brand Brandon Allen showed he can win games last year, and this team wasn't near as good as it is this year. Um, he played pretty well for a stretch there after Burrow went down. So I think that's what you'll see is more uh, a, a case of Joe Burrow and other guys that are dealing with Knicks getting the day off and not an entire offensive unit or an entire defensive unit. Yeah, I mean, there is value in trying to avoid Bill Belichick. Sure. Um, you know, but the question becomes what result allows you to avoid Bill Belichick? Right? We don't know that for sure. I mean, they could lose, then, and you could be you could be in a different spot there. I'll say this: if you play Burrow, if I'm out of here, you're asking me if I'm the head coach, and I'm like, you know what? I I see value in winning. I want to stay this seed. I want to try to be the two or whatever, whatever you're trying to do. You know, I I think that game plan that we've seen against Denver, against Vegas. That run heavy game plan would be the way you would try to take down the Browns. Uh, you wouldn't 
be out there slinging it like you did against the Ravens and having him taking a bunch of hits. You'd be trying to beat them playing the conservative game plan uh, that you did in, in, in those wins and win that way. You know, we talked a lot this week about what path is there to victory. Uh, the one against Cleveland would be the one that it probably limits the damage on Burrow. If you are going to play him and you feel like there's value in that, you could probably make arguments either way. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out. That will obviously be a hot topic all week that we'll be talking with Zach with. We have him at three players at two, Zach Taylor at three today. We'll kind of, I'm sure there will be questions regarding their attitude about that. Uh, let's keep going here. Let's go down to the top. Go with Kevin. I Kevin, are you still here? I'm here. Afternoon. All right. What's going on? Paul, you ghosted me on my birthday in Dallas a few years ago. Uh, but now that we've locked oh. up horse, I need a guarantee. You guys coming out to dinner with me? I ghosted you. There's a, a ghost <laughs> suggests that we had plans and I never showed. I don't, did, is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this. I don't. I don't. I don't remember this. I'm not responsible for anything that happened in Dallas. I, if, if if a Dallas trip happens, Kevin, me, and you, are, I'm gonna have to get this guilt off of my back. I guess. Wow. All right, we're doing it. Okay. What do you? What do you well, for now, I'm not gonna ghost you on the question. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, you just kind of answered it for me, but for the playoffs, is this uh, is this going to turn into the Joe Mixon show, and uh, what offensive line adjustments are going to have to happen to make that work? It's a good question, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I I was surprised at the aggressive. Let's let Joe Burrow go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes game plan yesterday. Not that. It ended up that way, but just how sort of boldly they went that direction. There, there was no from the beginning. And now, granted, they were down fourteen nothing, but I didn't. It, it was, but it wasn't like they, there was a freak out to those drives. There was still sort of a controlled nature to it, but they weren't. It was never under the feeling of like, okay, let's try to make sure we establish the run here. And they've clearly found something in that. And I don't know how you use that method to win a game like that and have a quarterback who's thrown 971 freaking yards in two weeks with eight touchdowns and no interceptions and think maybe we should have less of him in the most important game. You know, maybe we shouldn't keep doing that. So I, I think it might turn out that that Ravens game was as much a realization that that's the way that they need to play. Or maybe also there's something to the fact that the way they played at times during the season was the way to get Joe Burrow through 16, 17 games, knowing the whole time one that features him more is the way to win in the playoffs. That, that may be, you know, that certainly makes sense. And they certainly used that early in the season when they were worried about his knee. Um, so I, I think there was a there's a little bit of a, okay now what we say last week release the Kraken right I mean it's sort of a, okay now set Joe Burrow loose and you're seeing you're seeing them reap the the benefit. So I when the playoffs come I think it's going to look like what it looked like against Kansas City not established mixing. Yeah, I think the only way if it, if it- it's going to be a heavy mix-in game it would be if we see the opposite where the Bengals jump out to a 14-0 lead. And I don't think they would 
I don't think they would completely turtle up, but I do think they would get more conservative. And if they carried that lead into the second half, then that's when you might really see Joe Mixon kind of take over and, and run out the clock and shrink the game. But I, I'd be really surprised, even if it's the Colts, even with, with the running attack they have and, and Jonathan Taylor, I, I'd be surprised if, if that was a, a game plan to start a game with. It's, it's like you said, it's release the crack and let Joe cook. He is, he is your best chance. And yes, maybe you are kind of playing with fire a little bit with all the hits he's taken. And you never know when that, that, that sack is going to come. That's going to make him miss a little bit of time. I mean, it was, it was not even a sack. It was a hit yesterday that tweaked his knee. So maybe that does give them some pause, but you, you, you can't play for get scared in the playoffs. You It's the old adage, dance with who brought you. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's keep rolling down the line here. Um, let's, go to, let's go down a little bit. We'll try to shake it up so I'm not always right at the top. We'll go to Otis D. Otis, are you with me? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on, Otis? Uh, not much. I just wanted to ask the question about the, the kind of more on the offensive line with with Spain's ankle and moving around the, all the guard position stuff. What do you think the best um, combination is moving forward so that they don't get Burrow killed back there? I, I think that there's a, a good question. Yeah, I, I, it is. <laughs> and I, I think there's a – I mean, they, they – they cleared Xavier Suafilo to practice last week. I think there's a good chance that we see him as opposed to Jackson Carmen if they can't, if, if Quentin Spain is going to have to miss time, because I don't know that you want a rookie in there in a playoff situation. Suafilo hasn't been great in his time here, but he's solid enough. He's a, he's been around the league long enough. He's been in playoff games 
that would just feel like the the way they would go if and we don't know the severity of Spain's injury yet. But if if he is going to have to miss time, I think that's the direction they go with with Xavier. The guard position is interesting as it often is. You know, I, I think Suofilo is not, Carmen did not. I mean, you would play Carmen if you didn't feel concerned when you saw holdings and I mean the, the false start that really probably should have been called there near the goal line that Chiefs yeah. were complaining about. I mean, you had a number of moments where Carmen was, you know, a liability yesterday and, and I don't I don't know how much trust there is in him at this point. Um, they had enough trust to be the one to put him out there. But if they have somebody similar to the conversation that we had at the beginning of the year, right, was, OK, well, th- there's a little bit more of a known quantity is Adrian Suofilo. He's a veteran. You're, you're not worried as much. Maybe the highs are higher with Jackson Carmen, but you're not worried about the low lows with Suofilo. You, you, you know what you're getting. That may resurface itself if we're talking about these two, because we know a lot more about Jackson Carmen now. Mm-hmm. It's still a roller coaster. And so, so I'd be curious to see how much Suofilo becomes a part of the conversation. You know, how much, you know, I mean, do we see any, anybody else? Are, are we going to see some sort of Deontay Smith? I mean, it sounds like they moved him to tackle, but would they, in a situation where they're looking against Cleveland, are they, are they trying out? Are they using the Cleveland game to try some people out? to get some confidence in that spot. And we don't know the severity of the Spain injury. So there's going to be a lot of questions there. I mean, the, the ends are locked in. Prince is going to stay where he is. Reef is going to stay where he is. Hoppins is going to stay where he is. You know, I think, I don't think Adenogy is moving at this point, uh, but what they do at that guard spot and what their contingency plans are in case others get hurt. Um, I do think will be interesting. That Spain blow will be bigger because Burrow, I mean, you know, the amazing thing about the way he's playing, I can't get past, is he's taking 52 sacks. He's throwing for all these yards. He's being this efficient when he's literally back there pulling off a, a magic act. Every single time, you know, he, he drops back essentially of having to get it out fast or spin away from a guy or work the pocket or climb through this and or scramble out. I mean, it's, it's just remarkable what he's pulling off. But, yeah, at some point – you're, you're going to need to be a little bit more solid, but they've found a way to put up a whole lot of yards the last two weeks with what they're piecing together right now. Um, let me go down a few more spots. Let's go to Will Porter, who managed to not have just the single letter on the end. You got your full name in there, Will. Tell me Ooh. your secret. <laughs> I have no idea how that happened. That's special. You should be Will P, but you're exposed out here. Uh-oh. Don't look me <laughs> What's up. going on? You got You got a question? <laughs> I do. Um, was wondering what uh, potential playoff opponent you guys think gives the Bengals the best matchup to in this playoff drought. Thanks, Will. Uh, I, I, you know, we we've kind of gone through some of these things, but as now it's filtered down, um, you can get a little bit better idea of who you're dealing with. You know, I'll say the same thing that I've felt if. Pittsburgh or Baltimore can find some crazy way to sneak in. You would love if there was any way for that to happen for you. Um, that you've been built to win this division. You've won this division. You have blown them out four out of four times. Uh, you are happily bring in an AFC North opponent at this point. That would be the top of the list. 
And for me, the bottom of the list would be Hoodie. And I want to see Bill Belichick coming in, doing what he does defensively. I mean, he's he is who he is for a reason. So that that, but I don't, I'm not scared. If I'm the Bengals, especially after beating Kansas City, I'm not particularly like specifically scared of anyone. But I do think if you're ranking, that's my top and bottom. Yeah, Patriots at the bottom for sure. It, it's an interesting dichotomy. <laughs> if it's Pittsburgh, I, don't, I think, yeah, inside that locker room, they're going to say, bring it. This is a great matchup. The fan base, on the other hand, may not be as enthused. I think that's going to be a very angsty week for the fans, even though the Bengals handled them this year. They've just seen this. They've seen that act before, 2005, 2015. I don't think any Bengals fan really relishes the idea of playing the Steelers. And the only way that Pittsburgh or Baltimore can get in is to be the seven seed, which would mean the Bengals would have to be the two. And even that seems like a long, a long shot for Baltimore, Pittsburgh to get in even a long, even longer long shot for the Bengals to be the number two uh, for, for my money. I, I think Indy's the team. I mean, you saw Carson Wentz yesterday was just awful. Jonathan Taylor is in the conversation for MVP, but that's what this team does best. Even last week, or even yesterday, after giving up a, a, a season high in rushing yards and yards per attempt, because that was kind of their game plan to, to let the Chiefs run the ball more so than beat them deep, they're still the number five rushing defense in the league. They've just been really good against the run, and I, I think they could – I think they could handle Indy better than they could handle any of those other potential first round matchups. I'd agree with that. I mean, they're, you're, you're right. I mean, it does play into their strengths a little bit more. And Carson went, if it's a, you know, these games in the playoffs, they're games of what? They're games of who's got the better quarterback, what quarterback plays better. And if you're mm-hmm. lining them up, uh, you'll take Joe Burrow versus Carson Wentz uh, any day. That's a likely one. But right now I saw ESPN FPI, has New England as the most likely potential opponent when you look at how the games could play out this weekend, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't, there's differences and there's some that you do or don't want to see. Uh, but I don't, I don't think any of these though, you're like, uh, how would they, this is just a terrible matchup for them. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it that way. That's a good thing. I mean, it's, but that's kind of the way the AFC's made. I mean, the AFC's, composed of that um all right let's uh randomly go down here let's go down midway down here to aaron b up on the top aaron what's going on are hey, you guys. with me can you what's hear going me on? Yep. Hey, aaron. Uh, uh, not much um so the question i wanted to ask you guys is when i was growing up a Bengals fan the carson Bengals was the first time it was ever fun <laughs> in my life <laughs> um so i was wondering if you could kind of compare where joe is now uh, versus where Carson was, uh, I think year three, the year he got injured, like pre-injury, um, like who, you know, strength and weaknesses. And maybe if you had a time machine, which one you would pick if you could only pick one? Well, if you remember, that was that was actually Carson's year two. It was it was year three in the league, but it was year two of playing because they sat okay, in his okay. entire rookie year in 03. Um, I, I was around in, in Cincinnati in 05. I didn't cover the team, so I didn't really have that kind of a an analytical look at it it's it's really hard to to compare them i i think carson had the bigger arm the stronger arm i i just i i just give me joe burrow against anybody just all the intangibles that he has that that 
that confidence and that winner's mentality. I, I would be, I'm even Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes at, at this point from maybe it's just being so close to the team and seeing him every single week. But I don't know. I would pick anybody over Joe Burrow at this point. You know, me, Jay, I've already researched this. Uh, I, I, I wrote it. Somebody actually brought it up to me how, you know, we wrote in the off season about what the Joe Burrow year two bump was going to look like, what -hmm. that that needs to look like and what it means for the future. And it brought up comps from the last 15, 20 years. And at the top of the list for one of the biggest jumps was Carson Palmer from 04 to 05. And, you know, I'm a big adjusted net yards per attempt fan. It's a, it's a proven, one of the most proven winning statistics amongst all quarterback statistics you can have out there. It's, it's as good as it gets in my eyes. And adjusted net yards per attempt plus adjust for era. We had mentioned year two bump, top of the list was Carson Palmer. 121, most for a player in his second year in the last, in that many years. Uh, second was actually Carson Wentz made a big jump the year they went to the Super Bowl up to 117, which means seven, better than 17%, uh, 17% better than the average for the league, uh, that year. Joe Burrow's at 116 right now. And that's a bigger jump because he came from further back in his first season. That is an astronomical jump. Again, mm-hmm. one of the biggest differentials we've ever seen in the last couple of decades. And it's right up there with the level that Carson Palmer played in that incredible 05 season. The difference being, now, we don't know as specifically about the intangibles of Carson. By all, by all accounts, he was an incredibly smart guy. He obviously had all the physical tools. But I'm, I'm with you, Jay. I think the intangibles of what Burrow has meant uh, to this team and how perfect, how he came at just the perfect time sets him apart in, in that regard. And people have talked all year <laughs> about, Oh, is this, is this what kind of, is this the 04 Bengals or what? And, and I, you know, at midpoint of the season, I thought this felt more like the 05 Bengals and it's proven that way. And Burrow's playing that way. And that said, we never saw Carson play at a level like we've seen Joe play the last two weeks. Now, how much of that is translated by era? I don't know, but this just is like, otherworldly stuff that we're seeing as Burrow seems to be taking it to another level. And so to me, uh, we know how the Carson story ended. So I don't need the time machine on that one. Uh, I'd rather take my chances and see how the, the Burrow one plays out. Uh, but that they're interesting. It's interesting comps too. I mean, that the 05 to the 21 Bengals feels like very, very, very parallel paths. And Bengals fans hope that that path stops being parallel in yeah. uh, two weeks. Yeah, real, <laughs> real quick on that too. That I think Burrow has a, or this year has dealt with a more difficult, a higher degree of difficulty. Because if you think back, those o three o four Bengals, both eight and eight, they were kind of on the come already when when Carson took over, as opposed to six twenty five and one with the the Bengals coming off of this year. And if you remember that o five team was incredible on defense at forcing turnovers and giving a lot of short fields to that offense. And this this defense is really it's gotten better since the bye. They're still minus two in turnovers. They they Joe Burrow has had to work harder for every scoring drive. Maybe maybe you don't think throwing a 72 yard touchdown pass to Jamar Chase is working harder, but he's had to go farther to get his scores than than a lot of the short fields they had in 05. 
Carson had his weapons, and he also had a lot of weapons standing in front of him, which is worth mentioning that his protection was just a touch better, including (laughs) uh, who might be future Hall of Famer Willie Anderson uh, in the mix there. Uh, All right, let's go down the list here and bring in Rob M. Rob, you're up on the stage. What's going on? Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Um, Happy New Year. Evan McPherson, there was a comment that uh, Burrow made to Tracy Wolfson after the game, and I don't know if you guys have had a chance to circle on that or have today when you interview the players, but it's kind of like a cryptic uh, comment that he said, uh, you know, things that Evan's battling through. Any any thoughts, any insight in that area? No, I, I heard that comment too, and it was just there There was so much more going on in that post-game press conference. It was, it was hard to to get questions into Zach, that is definitely something that, that we are going to try to uh, talk to him about today when, when he talks. Um, uh, as you guys may or may not know, locker rooms aren't open, so you're, you're kind of at the mercy of whoever they bring into the interview room. Uh, so we, nobody got the, a chance to talk to Evan after the game yesterday. But I did hear that, that quote, and it, was, it, it, it piqued my interest. I, I, he, I think, he, yeah, you're right. He said he's dealing with something or he's going through a little something, and I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get a little more insight on that probably today or tomorrow in the next couple of days and, and uh, figure, you know, kind of get a little bit more insight on, on what that is, if that's something that Evan uh, wants to share. Um, all right, let's uh, get, keep rolling down here to Brad W. Brad, what's going on? You're on stage. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Hey, um, since last year's press release with Mike Brown promising that we would earn our stripes, I've been consumed by that. Have we earned them? Is the <laughs> ceremony open to the media? What, what does earning stripes look like to you? Well, it's, I mean, I don't know that, you know, I think that's in the hands. I think that was kind of, you know, also directed to the to the fans of you guys being the judge of that more so than than anybody. I mean, I think earning their stripes was about buying back your trust and was about creating moments for fans <laughs> and making fans and the city feel proud of the team again and believe in what they're doing again. And I, I think they've accomplished that. I mean, we the first question here today was about the best game I've ever attended, and I've been to over fifty. And you you hear that across people you talk to today, and I you'll have a hard time finding one. You know, people still talk about oh three against Kansas City and that Monday Night Football game against Denver, mm-hmm. and, and and some of those moments along the way that meant a lot and were like part of these moments it, this was one of those and there's been multiple of those this year but this was the the one i thought that really was that total kind of completing the circle of of what they've been trying to do throughout the offseason whether it's uniforms ring of honor re- redoing their social media you know all the stuff they just they want everybody to feel that everyone's in it together but they knew at the end of the day the only way they could do it was by giving them the moments and giving them a day like yesterday. And I think that's for your guys to judge whether they earn the stripes. But from my angle, watching it objectively, it certainly has looked like they have completed the task of reconnecting with their fans. I just assume Mike misspoke and he, he meant to say we, we have to earn our swipes because they were going cashless and they had to win games. <laughs> 
to get people to come spend money. <laughs> Earn our swipes. That's good. <laughs> Always some cynical one in the book. I tried to give a nice, eloquent answer of like what this means, and people tug at the heartstrings, and you're like, no, he just wants you to swipe. <laughs> it was too easy. It's too easy. All right, let's go. Uh, oh, can I go back to Natasha in Hawaii? Yes. Yes, please do. Let's go back. Natasha, are we on another walk around the beach? Nice morning. Yes. This needs to be a this needs to be a ritual. I think every week we need to hey, get a check in from Hawaii. How's the weather? I'm ready for that. You know, you don't have to be jealous. It is rainy and cold today. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds awful. I'm sure. Well, good talking to you, Natasha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, let me have my question. What do you got? Uh so it seems like not just that they've earned their stripes, but the Bengals have for sure changed their stripes, right? I mean, the free agency spending spree, the ring of honor, and I guess I have a two-parter. One, who do we think is really to give credit to for all of that? Is it Zach? Is it the Blackburns? And then I don't know if I'm getting too excited in the glow of the victory, but does that mean they can change their stripes and pay money for an offensive line? Because they are one offensive line away from a Super Bowl, guaranteed. So what do you guys think? Well, I think you can you can thank Elizabeth uh, 100% for the Ring of Honor. That was her project. That was that was her mission, and that is all her. With the, the free agency, I, I think it's a little bit of everybody. It was kind of a, a writing on the wall where they, they had money to spend. They had a very weak roster. They had some some good pieces in place, but they they weren't. They only had seven draft picks. They weren't going to put this make this team relevant simply by using their seven draft picks and then and grabbing street free agents or college free agents. They had to go out and use some of that money in free agency. And I think we talked about this last week or maybe a previous pod, but I don't know that it's a complete philosophy change. Yes, they've done it each of the last two years. I don't know if it's going to continue, but it was just, it was just kind of a matter of circumstance. They, they had huge holes. They had money to spend and they, they really had no choice but to go out and try to fill some of those holes with some, some guys that, that honestly, they did a great job. They didn't, they, they weren't break the bank guys. Yes, they paid a lot of money for a few of these pieces. Some worked out DJ Reader, some didn't Trey Waynes. But it's the it's the Awuzies and the Ogan Jobies and the Mike Hiltons and the Von Bells and the guys that they got at decent prices that are really making the difference. I, I think you gotta talk about a combination of Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin as this team. I mean I, they you know the from the moment that Duke was one of the people up on the podium at the hiring of Zach Taylor he was at the forefront and, and that becomes his hire. And this became their vision in so many ways. And that includes the way that they have tried to build the culture and the way they've gone after free agency. I mean, that's been in so many ways, the two of them together taking that on and doing it the right way. And, and, and so I think at a certain point, I, I do put a lot of credit to, to that duo who we have put, under fire, rightfully so, the last few years about whether they know what they're doing or whether this thing's going in the right direction. And I think you've got it in the same way if you're going to talk about giving credit for how they have maybe changed their stripes or whatever. Um, that's the one. And yes, you're right. The next step is can they get the offensive line right? It will be for like the 
eighth off season in a row, it feels like the question that we will be diving into a bunch once we get done with this season, which we are not done with yet. And I'm happy to not be talking about draft on this podcast. Thanks to everybody for that. Let's just sneak in like two more here real quick. Johan's back. Johan is back. Yeah. Okay. Well, hold on a second. Uh, let me get, I got James PM up here real quick and we'll finish with Johan. James, uh, you're up on stage. What's going on? Hey, I'll make this quick. I got a real quick run past the boot for you. Oh, love it. Biggest impact in free agency last year, winning Hendrickson, winning a or losing on Galladay. <laughs> uh, you know, if they, if they would have gone Galladay, it would have meant that they would not have gone Jamar Chase. Right. I mean, it would, that that would have been, you would have gone Galladay Sewell, I would think in that scenario. Uh, Galladay was, first of all, it should be said right here and now, they were never in on Galladay. They were ne- that was never a real thing that they were really going to do. They were interested. A call was made. I think there was more of a bait being used by his agent than there ever was the Bengals truly being interested in him for anything other than a supreme small number, which he obviously did not sign for. I mean, Hendrickson, being right on Hendrickson, has been a absolute game changer. I- I'm not going to – that's really a hard one because – Ouze has been underrated in a big way, uh, and you got him for much cheaper and better value. Uh, but what Hendrickson has meant has has meant the world to him. Let's bring in let's bring in Johan real quick and to wrap it up since we lost him earlier and I blew it. Uh, Johan, you are hopefully up on stage. What's going Thank on? Thank you. <clears throat> yes, you're back. Let's finish it out with strong here. Two minute drill. It's not much going yes. on here in Chile, Sweden, but I can tell you it sure felt like Hawaii this morning. Wow, what a great day. <laughs> uh, I, I had a chance to visit the jungle for the Steelers game uh, a month ago, and I thought I picked that uh, pretty well, but yesterday was fantastic. Uh, my question is about the flags yesterday. Obviously, the Chiefs time base is quite upset with some of the calls, but uh, in your view, uh, what was the most fortunate flag yesterday, and how lucky do we need to be going forward in the playoffs? Thanks. Well, yeah, the, the most fortunate was the the fourth down illegal hands to the face that gave them another shot. I mean, that's there. There's a whole lot of hard questions today if that one's not thrown, and the the flags overall. I mean. It seemed like early on that it was all the all of them were going against the Bengals. There was the kind of the dicey one on the the Jesse Bates pass interference call. There was the kind of the phantom holding call that that Tony Romo even said on the broadcast was a terrible call. I think that was a denigy. And if you go back and watch that that fourth and inches um, play, or they thought it was third down, going to be fourth and inches, and they gave the Bengals the first down and they snapped the ball and Andy Reed threw the challenge flag. He threw the flag. You can see it on the replay. If you go back and watch it, he threw it after the snap, but they said it came out before the snap. And then they reviewed it and said that I think, I believe it was chase that caught the ball was short and it turned into fourth down and they ended up punting. So I think a lot of the chiefs are upset because so many of the, the flags against them came late, but it, it was not a good day for the officials all the way around. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, there was a few in there. The one that I'll point out, and not because it was the wrong call, but in the big picture of, you know, the hold on the kickoff return Mm -hmm. um, ends up being insignificant to the return. I mean, I don't – 
think I believe it was against Mitchell Wilcox. I, I don't think Mitchell Wilcox is making that play. Uh, and it ends up going to the house. And that is an absolute backbreaker before halftime. I mean, an absolute backbreaker if that happens. I don't know. That might be too much to come back from at that point. And so if there's a fortunate one, maybe that's it. Yeah, the one, the one on the fourth down is. But, I mean, you know, if you watch the route, Tyler, that's the route. I mean, that's where Burrow's trying to go with the ball. And Boyd should be the one breaking up into that space. And but he got his helmet ripped back, so he didn't get out in time, and that was a part. I mean, so was it fortunate? It was absolutely fortunate, but it was also was, you know, it was the call. So I, I'm sure I, I recommend if you want to hear angst over a, the officials, go on over to Times Ours on the Kansas City uh, <laughs> on the Kansas City uh, you know pod, and that you could probably hear them breaking them down, ranking them all one through ten or whatever. But uh, from their perspective, I think. You know, they're, I don't think you need luck. I don't think this team showed that it needs luck going forward. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the takeaway from yesterday, even though there were flags that ended up being a determining factor at the end. They still were all the way down there. So, uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for coming to these. Hope you guys still enjoy them. We'll, of course, have them next. We're going to keep going throughout the playoffs. So uh, make sure you keep coming back to these if you like them. And we'll, we'll, we'll try to get to more questions. I hate that I have to keep leaving so many questions here on the deck and not getting them in. Hopefully next time we can. So we will uh, we will talk to you next time. And the archive of this will be up later. If you just came to the end, we'll listen to the whole thing. You can. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow and hear that podcast crowd. Have a good one, everybody. Yeah.